Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers! And there are the cannons coming. Fire them! Keep on firing them! Brady throws a deep pass. It's a caught ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Mike Evans! Watch party, Berry House Beer Company in beautiful Ybor City. Wrapping things up with our guys over here. A pretty good turnout, but obviously you wish the uh, the product on the field was a little bit better. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And uh, down there at the end, we have got very special guest, James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation. So let's go ahead and talk about this game. Uh, I guess we might as well not uh, not waste any time. We waited for this disaster of an overtime contest between the Steelers and the Lions to finish. I mean, man, there were two minutes left on the clock, and, and we said multiple times, we're like, we're like, oh yeah, you know, we're probably gonna, uh, we're probably just gonna go live whenever this game is over. And that last two minutes of clock took probably 20 minutes. I mean, it didn't seem like either team wanted to win that game. And I'll tell you, the comedic fashion of Pittsburgh and Detroit really makes me feel better about the loss that the Buccaneers had today, which we'll talk about here shortly. But, yeah, man, that was a disaster between those two teams. I, I still – I truly believe that wasn't going to end. Uh, it just wasn't going to end. The and game's just, actually still going. Yeah, they, they fooled yeah, all of us. Yeah, so, I mean, what was worse, the Steelers at home losing the 0-8 lines or this Bucks? loss i don't know um we'll get into it though but uh, overall just a pretty frustrating day for for a lot of bucks fans here at barry house and uh for you know the bucks themselves yeah I, let's go ahead and you know look at what went wrong for tampa bay in this game we said the entire day it felt like a weird game because a lot of things went wrong uh murphy's law kicked in today where everything that could go wrong for tampa bay did go wrong but the weirdest part of all of it is like you don't even entirely know who to blame. You know, it's hard to put all of the blame on one part of this team. When you look back at the Saints game and we talk about the reason the Bucs lost that one, uh, penalties, costly penalties, just undisciplined football at times is really the biggest thing that lost them that game. But in this one, they dug themselves into a hole early on in this one. They couldn't get themselves back out of it. But it, it felt like the offensive play calling could never get anywhere. The defense, we credited them the halftime report with uh, James livestream. If you're checking in from there, I thought the defense did what they could for the most part until the very end of this game when Washington decided to take 10 minutes off of the clock in the longest drive of the NFL season thus far to ultimately beat Tampa Bay. You know, just a mediocre performance. This isn't at all what this team should have looked like coming out of the bye week. And I, I don't know if we can, you know, now that the game is over, label it a trap game. I don't know if that's necessarily what you call it, but at the end of the day, the execution for Tampa Bay just just was not there. And uh, twenty nine to nineteen, your final score once again. Yeah, you you said it best. You know, you didn't really call it a trap game, but it kind of was a trap game. Uh, we didn't call it beforehand, but uh, I guess we should have, right? Um, 
I don't know, man. I, I just some like you like we said, we we talked about, you know, it's weird because you can't pinpoint one thing. Uh, it really is a team loss. Offense started off slow, and the defense, while they're gassed, you, you got to go off the field. You can't let them have a 10-minute drive. You know, the, the offense actually played decent in the second half. They didn't get the ball back. So, uh, after the Mike Evans touchdown, they, they never received the ball back. So, just can't really happen. Just not enough, you know. And, and if they were playing a, a better football team, they're, they're blown out. Right? I mean, this isn't even close. So the fact that they were playing a 2-6 and six football team, that's the only reason that this was a 10-point James, I want to get your thoughts on the game. You were, you know, you were our guy on the spot. You were doing your live play-by-play. So if anybody got the a whole good taste time. Of, uh, of what was going on this week, it was you. So what were your thoughts on uh, this week's game? It was just frustrating, man. You know, for the first half, it was the offense, right? Oh, my gosh, crazy start to the game where they had a 3-and-out. Um, the defense had to come back on. Okay, the Washington football team scores. Um, Buccaneers offense comes back out. They throw a really weird, fluky interception off of a pass, you know, thrown up into the air essentially on a hit from Jalen Darden. That gets intercepted. Defense comes back out onto the field. Um, you know, Washington football team goes. I believe they score again. Offense comes back out onto the field. They throw another interception. Defense comes back out onto the field. So, you know, Rhett, you talked about the defense being gassed there. Um, towards the end of the game, it makes sense, right? Because they were, that first quarter, you know, that first half, really, they were having to be out there a lot. And I think that was the most frustrating thing is that this team did not play like a complete football team throughout any stretch of the game. You know, the first half, the offense struggled. Throughout the second half, the defense struggled um, because the offense struggled in the first half, you know? And, and it was just a lack of a complete game that you see from good teams, you know, and the Buccaneers didn't showcase that today. And obviously, if the Bucs want to play a complete game for 60 minutes, that's the goal every single week, right? Mm -hmm. In 2020, when they won the Super Bowl, it took them until the Super Bowl to probably put together the most complete game they had all season. I mean, you look at the Lions in the regular season when they wallop those guys 47-7, to you could say that was the most complete game that they had. But it takes a while to get to that point, right? So by no means did they have to go play a complete mistake-free football game but just better than you did against a 2-6 and six team. Like, you know, on the pregame show, I think the expectation this week, honestly, was that the Bucks were going to air it out. And uh, looking at the offensive play calling, it really seemed like Brady wasn't taking any shots downfield. I mean, I saw Leonard Fournette get more targets this week than I've seen him get the entire first half of the season, it felt like. And... You know, there, there just wasn't any momentum at all on offense. He had a couple of big plays over the middle, but I think Brady's biggest incompletion was for like 15 yards. And it just, you know, it's crazy because it's a two and six football team. Obviously, that's not going to cut it. But the fact that penalties came up when they did, back-breaking penalties that extended the drive for Washington and gassed out the defense, and then your first half offense ultimately just put them in a hole that they could not dig themselves out of. We've seen this Bucks team dig themselves out of larger holes than they did, being behind, I think, 13 points at most at one time in this game. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't know, man. This just didn't look like a football team fresh off of a bye week, and this has to be a turning point because this is a game that everybody and their mom picked the Bucks to win this week. You come into this one, you're the heavy favorite, and you go out there and crap the bed off of the bye week like that. Uh, there's definitely some concern. I will say a lot of fans, a lot of fans, we might have to, like, put them on suicide watch or something, man. I mean, they're ready to go jump off of the Skyway. And Completely six and, jump ship. Right? Yeah. It, it's 6-3. and three. The Bucks were 7-5 and five at the break last year, and they still want to ring. So, 
you know, let's pump the brakes. Let's let, let's take what we're given here. A six and three record is what it is after nine games. It's not where I, you want to be, but it's, it's not, not where the you want to be. World. You know, as far as the one seed goes, that's that's probably that's done. probably the biggest disappointment. Uh, biggest disappointment to come out of this week is that for the Bucks, you know, last week seeing all these other teams win who needed to win to beat these NFC teams to help the Bucks get the the one seed come the playoffs. All of that work was kind of diminished by them not going out there and winning today. So, uh, you know, winning the division is still definitely realistic, but, you know, something's got to change for the Bucks down the road because they cannot keep losing games like this. That's for damn sure. Well, for everybody who wants to, you know, say, oh, man, season's over. This is it. This team's terrible. Like you said, the Bucks were 7-5 and five at their last break. And, look, this happens to teams. It does. I think it's also let's 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 not forget that a lot of the people who think the Bucks are done this time of the season are new fans, and they just don't have any miles on them, right? Right. Like this is the well, first heartbreaking well, loss they've, or you know, the first of a couple of heartbreaking losses they've had as Tom Brady as the quarterback, and that's new for a lot of well, these new Bucks fans. Well, look. Well, here's the thing too. Like I know that people are gonna say, "Man, the Bucks' losses they're they're so frustrating. They're not playing like a good team." Every single good team in the league has frustrating losses. No, nobody's gonna go. Not all the good teams are all going to go undefeated. You know, every good team has frustrating losses. That's just a fact. You know, the Ravens just lost to the Dolphins. The Bills just lost to the Jaguars last week. You know, these things happen to good teams where there's frustrating losses. So the Bucs aren't the only team that has, you know, like losses that make you go, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? Every fan base deals with stuff like that. So at the end of the day, whenever you put it into a greater context of a situation, whenever you look around the league, the Bucks are still in a good spot. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we talked about that a lot during your, your live stream, how, you know, this happens. You know, it's not going to be perfect. However, you know, right now, they're not a great football team. You know, right now, they're not there because if they were a great football team, you don't lose this game. Right, you don't go in, you don't lose this game. They still have not scored over thirty points in the road yet. The road woes continue, and just it, it couldn't happen. You know, it, uh, both sides of the ball just did not play well enough. Came out flat, and you know, you said it looked like a team coming off a of bye week. Well, Washington was coming off a of bye week too. Yeah. So I mean, they looked ready to go. So why weren't the Bucks? And I think that's that's a lot on coaching as well. I, I think uh, one more thing to take away from this is we look at. You know, the teams who are playing the Bucks. you look at a team like Washington, who is so far behind in their division, yeah, maybe their playoff hopes have kind of sailed off into the sunset, but they're still going to step up every single week and play the best that they can play. And for all of these teams who saw the Bucks of all teams on their schedule at the beginning of the year, that's their Super Bowl, right? A lot of these bad teams want to make a statement and come out here and contend against the defending Super Bowl champions, who throughout the first seven weeks of the season looked like one of the best teams in the NFL up until today. But, you know, it's a big deal for Washington to go out there and win this game, regardless of their playoff seeding, if they're even going to make it, which they probably won't. But, you know, teams are playing their best football of the year when the Bucks come to town, and that's just something else that, you That's know, on the Bucks to step up then. Yeah. You know, that's, that's on the Bucks to be ready and play like a champion. You know, play like the defending champion. Because right now they're not, right? Right now, I mean, if you look at this team, if, if you were brand new and, and you had no recollection of what happened last season, you would think that this team is a slightly above average team, right? Yeah. You, would, you would think that this team, if they make the playoffs, if they make the playoffs, maybe they get bounced in the first round, maybe they get out of the first round, right? They're not playing like the defending champions right now, and it, it needs to get better. 100% it does. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of the stat lines from today's game. We'll start with the quarterback, Tom Brady. 
23 for 34, 220 total yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Those two interceptions in the first half, uh, I think, probably hurt them a lot more than, you know, the Ryan Suckup missed PAT down the stretch. That made it a little bit more uh, out of reach as this game came down to it, but you know, it's just tough to recover. I mean, that second Brady interception was the last thing you needed, and he went out there and threw a pick. And, you know, the first one was, again, the bobbled football that bounces up in the air because Jalen Darden can't reel it in. The amount of drops today that the Buccaneers had on offense as well. Leonard Fournette, he is not forgiven for the drops that he had early on in this one. You know, it set up quick drives. The Bucks' offense was just not able to get anything going. But... You know, those interceptions were really the, uh, I think, the biggest stinker of that first half. Yeah, and I mean, you know, <laughs> another fluky interception for Tom yeah. Brady, right? The the type of picks that only happen to Tampa quarterbacks. <laughs> right. It's uh, you know, the, the the second one, that's a pure pick, right? That That's yeah, that's an overthrow. Um, but then, of course, you know, the first one goes right out of Jalen Darren's hands. I don't even know. If it would have hit the ground, I don't even know if Darden possessed it long enough for it to be considered complete. Um, but, of course, that's what happened. Uh, James, what did you think of Tom Brady's performance today? Really didn't throw the ball down the field much against this dead you know, dead last pass defense. Didn't really throw the ball down the field much. What did you think? Yeah, you know, it was, it was an interesting situation, right? The first half, you would say he did not play good, right? He didn't play good. Even even if you took away the two interceptions, I felt that it wasn't a good first half for Brady. But then the second half, he came back in. He really did well. One thing that I noticed was a lot of people were talking about, man, Brady's just checking it down time and time and time again. Me and you talked about the seven during my live stream was maybe that's just because Brady didn't like the looks that he was getting towards the middle and you know deep parts of the field. I mean, it might have just been a really good game plan by the Washington football team considering, you know, what the Buccaneers like to do. They like to, you know, throw the middle, you know, uh, shots, take their deep shots whenever they get chances to. And it could have just been a situation where that was Brady's options, right, was to do the uh, the check down situations and whatnot. So um, it was frustrating. All in all, I think Brady ended up being all right at the end of the game. He was fine, you know. Um, could he have done more? Absolutely. You know, but he did get them to a point to where they all, you know, had a chance to tie up the ball game or potentially even win the ball game um, towards the end there. So at the end of the day, I think he did fine, all things considered. Yeah, I think the Bucks totally expected to get the ball back at the end of the game. You know, the way Washington was going down the field, it was one of those things where we knew they were going to chew clock, but I think there was a certain moment where it was almost like, okay, maybe they can chew too much clock here, right? Like maybe they can bite themselves in the ass by chewing clock and either not getting it done or just coming away with three points, which would have made it, um, which would have made it a seven-point game at that point. So, you know, I think the Bucks kind of assumed that Brady was going to get the ball back. We saw Bruce Arians burn those timeouts kind of early, in my opinion. I think the four three-minute mark was was two of them, and then that last one came within the two-minute warning, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, so I, I think the Bucks were just planning to get him out there, and he probably may have been able to, to salvage something, but, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, too, where, like, how much do you really trust this offense or how much do you really trust this defense after what they had yeah. shown you all afternoon? Like, that that last drive for Washington, you know, I told you so many times, like, I don't trust the defense right now. And continually, on third down in particular, Washington found a way to make it happen. And before I toss it to you, Evan, one more thing I want to point out. 
It was a 10-minute drive for Washington at the end of the game. It was 11 total third-down conversions for Taylor Heineke and the Washington offense today. I mean, that is just inexcusable. Some of these third downs were just ridiculous. Yeah, I think a lot of it um, was their first and second down. They had second, a few second and longs, and uh, the issue was you would turn second and long into third and short, and then they would just convert on the third and short. So uh, as an offense... After that Mike Evans touchdown, you're expecting to get the ball back, right? You're not expecting a 10-minute drive right out of the gate. So, um, yeah, just, that's where the defense has to step up. I understand that, you know, at the end they're gassed. Like, I get it. But you need to stop, right? You know, that's, a, that's the longest drive in the NFL this season for a reason, right? You need to stop, and they didn't get it. And who knows what would have happened if that offense would have got the ball back. Who knows? But they didn't get a chance. I mean, they got the ball with, what, 28 seconds, no timeouts. Um, I, I mean, and, and they, after that, that was after Washington scored a touchdown, which made it 10. Um, yeah, just an inexcusable drive by the defense. 19 plays, I believe, on that drive. Just uh, it, it, that, was, that was ridiculous. And uh, that's something that it's got to be better. I, I mean, obviously that hasn't happened all year. That's not going to happen every game. But in this particular moment, you needed one stop, and you just consistently couldn't get it. So let's, uh, before we go any further with updates from today's game, let's go ahead and talk, look at the – Silver lining from some of the other contests today. The New Orleans Saints lost. Huh? How about that? Can we get a round of applause? Yeah, that's right. That's F right. the Saints. Yeah. The, the, the Bucks still have the, the game lead over the South now. Yeah, With the Saints lost, it doesn't really. Carolina and Cam Newton really bringing it to Arizona right now. Somebody in the live chat said that they may or may not have their backups in for Arizona already. I don't know if that's true, but 17-0, to the current score of that one with Carolina on top. So, you know, we talked about the one seed and, and how the Bucks not getting the job done today definitely affects their chances at the one seed. And, of course, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But I think something that a lot of Tampa Bay fans can still feel confident about is the division race. Because with the Saints lost today, I know Carolina's doing their thing, but I don't really think that they're going to swing back and compete with us, especially they still have to play the Bucks twice this year. And, uh, you know, the Falcons just absolutely decimated by Dallas today. You know, what are your boys' thoughts on the uh, division race? James, I wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I, I would say that the Bucks are definitely still the favorites to win the division right now. You know, and that's also another thing to where for everybody who's freaking out, right, saying, oh, man, this is over. I mean, look, you look at the situation right now as it stands for the other teams in the NFC South, the Bucks are still the favorites, right? I don't think that that's going to be any doubt for that. Um, you know, the Saints, you know, they're in a really tough situation now. They just, this, they just lost two in a row, right? Um, so they're in a tough situation now with Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill and whatever they got going on. Uh, the Falcons, they just got beaten down by the Cowboys. And the Panthers, while they do have Cam Newton back, is it too little too late, you know, in terms of their chances of trying to make a push for the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I think the Bucks are still in a really, really good spot for the division. I still expect them to win the division. I think that should be the expectation. Oh, 100%. I mean, obviously, that's the expectation within the locker room, and these players go out and expect to win the game every single week. But I will tell you, as far as the expectations of players goes, uh, our buddy Silverback Danny brought it up in the live chat. Makes a great point here. He says, talent is not enough to win games. They depend too much on their star players. Again, with the hero ball, fundamental football is severely lacking. And before this game, you know, we said that, yeah, the Bucks have this uncanny ability of having such a stacked roster that you can go into most games and you can out-talent football teams. But when a team shows up to play and they do not care who's lined up across from them, like Washington did today, if the fundamentals aren't there, 
that's the result you're going to get. A 29-19 loss against a 2-6 and six football team when you're the defending Super Bowl champions. But I think, I, you know, while we're looking at the silver lining, as pissed off as I am about this loss, as much as I wish the Bucs were 7-2 and two at this point in the season, they were 7-5 and five at the break last year. They had lost, what, three out of their last four at that rate. It wasn't looking good for Tampa Bay. But with the position they're in now, I'm glad they got humbled again this week. Like, I don't know how much, you know, I don't know how humbled you can get against the Saints because that team has always had your number, right? It's not necessarily shocking whenever the Bucks lose to the Saints, regardless of if they have a Super Bowl the year prior or not. But Washington, a 2-6 and six team that nobody picked to win this week. I mean, the upsets in 2021 have been, you know, all over the place in the league. But I, I think the Bucks needed it, man, because like you said, a lot of these players might just be expecting things to happen and then they don't happen and then you lose football games and, and that cannot happen. I mean, when you have a guy like Tom Brady in your locker room, it's probably not going to happen, but Tom Brady cannot keep track of, you know, 55 plus guys in a football facility every single day and be on top of what their mindset is headed into an individual game that week. So... I think it's good that the Bucks got humbled again, and, and hopefully it's something that they can learn from because whether they like it or not, time's kind of running out. Yeah, the, the road thing is concerning to me because it's looking more and more likely that they're going to have to go on the road yet like they did last year and win a playoff game, and I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that this year. I mean, th- this team, you know, they two straight road losses. They're undefeated at home. So all three of their losses have been on the road. Uh, like I said, I keep saying, they have not scored over 30 points. This is the number one ranked offense in the NFL. They haven't scored over 30 points on the road yet this season. Number one ranked offense in the NFL coming into a road oh. game against the worst secondary yes. in the NFL. Yeah, it's just, and, and they still 19 points, six points in the first half. Um, and I understand the turnovers and stuff, but still. You, know, you got to find success, and that's starting to concern me because it's starting to become a, a trend now on the road. Can this team consistently put in good performances? Maybe, you, you know, if you win the division, you will have a home playoff game. But who knows after that? What if you're the four seed? Then you're, you're, could, you, you don't want to be going to L.A. or Green Bay because at this rate, you're not going to be the same team that you were, you know, last year. Like, it's just it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks have proven that they can go the road warrior route. You know, three straight road games to get to the home Super Bowl, that's awesome. But you don't want to be the team that does that every single year because regardless of if you've done it before – Nothing matters the next year, right? Whatever they did in 2020 does not matter. I do not care that they won three straight road games to get to the Super Bowl. Last year is not this year. And you just, you'd prefer to take as convenient of a route as you possibly can when it comes to the playoffs. Let's go ahead and take a look back at the stat sheet today for what the Bucks were trying to do on offense. Leonard Fournette. Really, your only running back today. 11 carries for 47 yards and uh, no touchdowns for him. Gio Bernard got yeah. one carry for four yards. Who, who, who's missing on that sheet right now? Yeah, Ronald Jones did not get any action at all today. And I know we kind of talked on the pregame show about maybe expecting that one-two punch. I, I know I kind of expected Leonard Fournette to get most of the load, and I think the Bucs have, have shown that they trust him in that capacity. Catching the football today, not so much. But, yeah, Ronald Jones was a complete no-show, and uh, that, that, was, that was a little surprising, I think, especially when we saw them, uh, you know, commit to the run early. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of it's about matchups, but I just, I just noticed that, that he, he didn't show up. Like, you know, I don't know if it's because, you know, we're here, you know, you're not paying as close attention. 
but yeah, didn't even register a stat. Um, you know, we'll just wait and see the snap count, see if he even got in the game. But it, it's crazy to me that he didn't even have a carry really. And uh, you know, Leonard Fournette didn't really have it today, right? He made a few nice catches in the second half, but in the first half he was shaky. Um, just didn't really have it. Yeah, I, I think in the case of Ronald Jones, it was just definitely there were no situations to where he was going to be able to get out there, right? Because they trust Giovanni Bernard and, and Leonard Fournette more in passing down situations. They trust Leonard Fournette more as a runner in rushing down situations. You know, they were playing from behind, literally from the start of the game. Everybody we're, look out. The train's coming through. Right? Uh, the for, the Fournette fellas, Express. We have literally got it's uh, the Fournette a whole train Express. going along the side here, so bear with us for a minute. No, but um, no, I, I just think the reason Jones didn't get out there was because of the fact that there was no, there was no plays for him. You know, if he were to come in as a change of pace runner, that's one thing. But it couldn't really run because they were down the entire game. You know, so that's that's what I think might have led to him not getting playing time in this one. Yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense. I, I mean, I'm sure that if they would have committed to the run more than they already did, and they're burning clock with Washington already burning the clock the way that they did. I don't know if you guys have it in front of you. I might be able to find it here in a second, but I want to look at the time of possession in this game. So we'll go down team stats one by one here. 320 total yards for the Washington football team, 273 for Tampa Bay, 220 passing yards for the Bucks, 226 for Washington, 53 on the ground for Tampa, 94 for Washington. Uh, 23 total first downs for Washington, 14 for the Bucks. Yeah, 11 for 19 on third down for the Washington football team, while the Bucks only had 40% going four for 10. And time of possession, take a look at this. 20 minutes and 52 seconds for Tampa Bay, 39 minutes and 8 seconds for the football team. And 10 of those yeah. coming at the very end of the game. It's going to be skewed a little bit, right? But, um, I mean, you, you look at how they lost the game. They... What, they lost the turnover battle, right? They lost the time of possession, and they lost on third down. That's you know that, that's that's it right there. If you want to see three reasons why they lost this game, that's it. And um, they were close on a few turnovers, right? They they were close to taking the ball away a few times, but being close, you know, close on yeah, that, that fumble. Yeah, that fumble in the second half. I think I don't remember which uh, which receiver it was. I think it was one of the tight ends for Washington, mm, but. Yeah. Jordan Whitehead was there to make the tackle. His forearm was down, yeah. Yeah, his elbow hit the ground. They called him down, pick up a one. Could have been a fumble. That would have been huge for Tampa Bay. But uh, let's go back to the box score really quickly. I just want to give some of these guys their credit. Mike Evans, your leading receiver with only two catches on the day, 62 yards and a touchdown, which officially means that Mike Evans is tied with Mike Allstott for the most franchise touchdowns in Tampa Bay Buccaneer history. So uh, with that being said, Big 13 is going to be in the record books for a very long time. One more touchdown, and he is the Buccaneers' all-time touchdown leader, which is pretty damn cool talking about the Hall of Fame pace that he has been on. But you know, it took a while for Mike Evans to show up today. He had that huge touchdown catch right when they needed it. He got a lot of yak on that one. We were, we were messing around with Tony Baloney on that. But uh, you know, aside from that, I think Washington did a really good job of shutting him down today, and, and that's what – made it even more tough for the Bucks to get anything going on offense. Yeah, really was uh, a non-factor, right? He had that catch of the when they were trying to when they got the field goal at the end of the half, he had the 22-yard catch and then uh, the 40-yard touchdown. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, just really a quiet game from Mike Evans besides those two splash plays. And they need more from him. Uh, they need more from Chris Godwin. The tight ends we'll get into. Karen Brake caught a touchdown. Did O.J. Howard be playing this game? Uh, didn't really seem like it. Uh, they need more. Obviously, missing Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. Clearly, you know, you're, you're seeing it. The value of those two guys, I think, specifically Antonio Brown. Right, I think having that other third number one wide receiver, I know it's a luxury, but having that guy is just so huge, and they're really missing him. So hopefully he can come back soon. But yeah, just you know, I'm not really gonna, you know, say too much about it because it wasn't good enough by by the receiving core, by the offensive line. Ali Marpet, I thought, got dominated today by Jonathan Allen. Yeah, it was it was a rough afternoon for um, uh, most of this offensive yeah, line well, as well. The quarterback, the tight end room, you know, whoever, the, the entire offense just didn't do enough. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, take a look at the rest of the receivers here. Chris Godwin, the guy who was a game-time decision, ultimately suited up to play. Seven catches on the afternoon, 57 yards for him. And uh, we saw Chris Godwin get involved in the short pass game a lot. Seems like that screen pass is really something the Bucks like to call every now and again, and, and they were calling the hell out of it today. Uh, Leonard Fournette, actually, I think the most targeted receiver on the team today. He had eight catches, led the team in catches, 45 yards for Leonard Fournette. So when you look at his day as a whole – you know, he had 92 overall yards. I guess he can't be too upset. But, again, like you said, regardless of what it says in the box score, those guys just didn't do enough. So I guess that's what you have to take away from that. Jalen Darden as well, one catch for 29 yards. He was returning, and he did go down. Did you guys ever see him come back into the football game? Uh, not that I saw, no. So Jalen Darden went down with an injury. Dee Delaney was down, but ultimately did come back in and finish up the game. And then uh, the big one. I mean, literally the big one, Vita Vea, at the very end of the game, if not the last play, the second-to-last play, left with a leg injury, and he had to be carted off, which is uh, obviously not a very welcome sight for a lot of Bucks fans. So the latest that we've heard from Bruce Arians is that it is a knee injury. Do not know the severity of it, but obviously you're, you're hoping to get a guy like that back as quick as you can. But that's, you know, aside from the loss on the uh, on the schedule today, I think that's probably the biggest loss this Bucks team had was Vita Vea going down. Yeah, it's a... It's a concerning situation, right? I mean, being without Vita Vea again would not be good, especially considering, I mean, he's not getting a ton of stats, right, in terms of numbers on a, on a sheet. But Vita Vea is making an impact every single game he's been out there, you know. And I, I it obviously it'd be a huge loss for the Buccaneers' defense, much like it was last year. Um, you'd look for the same exact guys to step up if they need to. But once any updates on that come out, you know, We'll all have you covered on those updates when they are made available. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and close things out with some of the good things we can talk about. I do want to highlight some of the performances on defense because, as we talked about, I think the defense is the reason the Bucks were in this game for as long as they were. And uh, a guy who stepped up this week who really kind of needed to, I thought, was, was Devin White. Two sacks on the day for 45, 13 total tackles. And, uh, I mean, he was lacking in – you know, in pass coverage every now and again, but that's almost like that's almost what you've come to expect from Devin White. Uh, but what were your thoughts on Devin White? Five total sacks for this defense, which again still doesn't seem like it was enough. But you know, overall, were there any guys that stood out to you on the uh, defensive side of the ball? You know, when when he he told me that they had five sacks, I was shocked. It, yeah. it didn't feel like they had five sacks. You know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Devin White had two of them, and he had a nice day. And uh, it was really nice to see him have that nice day because of the rough day he had in New Orleans, right? Yeah. So it's nice to see a little bit of a bounce back from him. Um, 
Levante David, I thought both linebackers had a nice day. And, uh, you know, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul were kind of invisible. They didn't really do too, too much today. Um, and, and the Bucks, it seemed like when the Bucks got pressure on Taylor Heineke, he was able to control himself a little bit better than Brady did. When when the, the when Washington got pressure on the Bucks, well, uh, you know the big difference between Taylor Heineke and Tom Brady, with all due respect to Brady, is that uh, you know Heineke he doesn't exactly have the wheels that, that Brady does, right? Like I don't know if he's really got the uh, the legs that Brady can and, and evades evades uh, evades pressure in the pocket, but he he showed them off a little bit today. Yeah, he did, and uh, yeah, it seemed like he was making the entire Bucks offense uncomfortable, and it just seemed like. Washington thrived when they were there when there was pressure. So, uh, you know, the defense kept them in this game. This would have been a blowout if the defense allows, you know, two touchdowns instead of two field goals on them, two opening drives. So um, the defense did what they needed to do in the first half. Second half, it just it wasn't good enough. And, and you know, it's a, it's a team loss. It's not – we can't pin it on one person. We, we just can't. Uh, it is a truly a team loss. So the next time Tampa Bay will play football – it's uh, next Monday night against the New York Giants, another NFC East team. So we talked about the benefits of playing a division like the NFC East at the beginning of the year, and you've already lost to Washington. So hopefully they can get things together against New York here, which I, I think obviously they can, right? The expectations for this team are so high right now, even from within the organization, you have to expect that they're going to drop 50 on New York. But I guess we also expected that they were going to. Yeah, gonna, I don't know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I mean – after a game like today, you really don't know, but it, you got to take it for what it is. And the Buccaneers are at six and three with a primetime game coming up. It'll be interesting to see how they respond. And it's primetime at home. Yep. So back in Raymond James Stadium, where they have yet to lose a game this season. So all the ingredients are there for the Buccaneers to go out there and hopefully do what they do best, which is win football games in 2021. But I don't know. I wanted to get your guys' closing thoughts before we wrap up here for the uh, Can of Fire Watch Party. Evan, you go ahead first. Yeah, it really makes a game versus the Giants next week a must win, you know. If you if you go in, like I was talking to him, right, I, you know, you, you, you basically said it. Big difference between 6-4 and four and 7-3. and three. There's a huge difference between those two. And, I mean, you, you lose the game to the Giants, you lose three in a row. I mean, i got to start to think that you're just not a very good football team. You know, the, you let the Giants come into your house and beat you after losing this game. Yeah, I got to think you're not that good. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge pivotal game. It's at home where they've been very successful, right? And uh, we'll see if they get the job done. Well, I think, that you know, like three, yeah, three losses in a row, right, to three teams that are, quite frankly, I mean, we know two of them aren't going to make the playoffs potentially there with the Giants and the Washington football team. Now you may even question if the Saints are going to make the playoffs given their situation. You lose to all three of those types of teams in a row. That's not a good look. I said that, you know, earlier in this stream that, you know, sometimes these good teams do have situations like that. That's one or two times in the time span of, you know, the entire year, you know, let alone it have it happening three times in a row, you know, where you have these games that you really should have probably won that you lost um, it, those don't happen to good teams. So like Evan said, you know, like how we talked about it earlier, next game, and, you know, obviously people may say, well, that's extreme, you know, to think of it that way. But, like, it could be, a, you know, a very team-defining game next week. You know, like, what what are what are the Bucks? Are they a team that's going to be a wild-card team, you know, and, and win what is not a great division and then get bounced in a round one? Or are they a team that really does have a legitimate chance to go all the way to a Super Bowl? That's kind of where you have to 
figure out that identity. And I think some of those things may have to get answered come next week versus the Giants. No, I think you hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, what next week's game is going to be. But I think it's ultimately up to the Bucks at this point to define what type of team they're going to be for the rest of the season. It is up to them to go out there against the Giants and prove to the entire country, because this is a primetime game, is this a good team going through a rough patch, or are these just a bunch of frauds, right? Are the Bucks just a bunch of jerks? Um, that's what that, that's what they're going to have to prove to a lot of people, including themselves next week against the Giants. So, Truthfully, we can say whatever we want or whatever we think is going to happen, but it's it's up to Tampa Bay. It's up to the players on the field in that locker room. It's up to the coaches on the sideline to decide what type of team they're going to be going forward. Bruce Arians has said all the time that when it comes to losses like today, uh, you know, we just don't accept that anymore. Well, show us, Bruce. Go out there. Don't accept it. And uh, kick New York's ass here in next week. Like, you've got, uh, what, they've got eight days to prepare starting today. So you took two weeks – to prepare for Washington to ultimately play like trash, take eight days to play a team, probably a worse team, in the same division, and just go beat them the way that everybody expected you to beat Washington today. That's, I mean, that's that that's my biggest takeaway. It's up to the Bucks to define what kind of team they want to be from uh, this point on. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, you know, this next week, I think it's gonna. Are they a contender or a pretender? Right, and if they lose, I'm gonna I'm gonna come on here and say, yeah, they are a pretender. This this team is not good, and and but if they win, you know, and you can't just win. You can't win like they won on Monday Night Football against the Giants last year. You, you can't win. You, know, you can't win with a two point conversion that's failed. You gotta you know, go out there. Wins are wins are wins. Yeah, but, but you after a loss like today, oh, you gotta go oh, out there and, and you gotta have a ten point win. You know, like you, you gotta have a ten point win. You gotta have a defining win, and uh, sort of like you said, prove to the whole world that you know. It's a good team in a rough patch. It's not a fraud team that's finally showing their true colors. Yeah, I mean, you got to be convincing, not just for the fans, but also probably yourself at this point, right? You got to you gotta have a convincing win because you're two games in a row down to teams that you really should have beaten um, or at least been more competitive than what you were, you know, and, and they need to have a convincing win. Point blank, simple as that. Um, otherwise... Who knows what's going to happen for the second half of this season? You know, I'm not going to say they're going to go on a losing streak or anything, but, you know, people who are saying, like, ah, this is just a wild card team, you know, those would those kinds of people would have more reason to be believed, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, regardless of anything that happens throughout these next couple of weeks, I, I want to say a quick thank you to our friends here at Berry House Beer Company hosting us until uh, literally closing time. I think they shut the doors at 6 o'clock today, but – Thank you to everybody who showed up to the first ever Cannon Fire Watch Party. It really was a great turnout. Shout out to our guy Tony Baloney, Mikey Kelly, Maya coming in, Bucket with your girl, Brandon checking us out. I mean, anybody who came up today and, and just talked to us, said hi, shook our hand, had a beer, watched the game. Even though it wasn't the outcome we expected, uh, it was really, really fun to get out here with some fellow Bucks fans. And, and hopefully with the way that this thing turned out, we can try and plan some more for the uh, for the future. Thanks a lot to uh, Joe and the people at Wingbox as well for, for hooking us up with some great food. Uh, fantastic stuff. Seemed like everybody loved it. And... Uh, yeah, check check them out too. Wingbox, they're all over the place. They're, they're 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 traveling all over the place. So if you live in Florida, I'm sure they're going to be coming near you soon. So uh, 
With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this uh, this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode live on YouTube. Shout out to all of our people in the chat. Silverback Danny, Dub, Cardi, Willie Beeman, the moderator holding it down, Tony Saylor, of course, and anybody else who I may have missed. Uh, we really, truly do appreciate your guys' support. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Actually, the follow train's coming through. I don't know if you heard it, but... Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find my co-host or my co-co-host, honorary third member of the show, James Hill. Might not have found time to get him through a table today on the stream, but uh, it's his birthday tomorrow, so make sure you subscribe to his <laughs> channel. Tell him happy birthday. This seems pretty sturdy. Yeah. What do you think? That's <laughs> what, a, a six-footer? Yeah, at. yeah, he's good. Yeah. He'll be good. He'll be good. He'll go right through. He'll be fine. Uh, yeah, quick quick shout-out. Happy birthday, James. Happy early birthday. You're ancient. You are – I'm going to – my present to you is going to be a walker, all right? I'm going to – yeah, I'm sending it down. You're yeah. going to be getting it by the end of the week. So. Okay. All right. All right, that's fair. A walker, not just because I'm old, but also because I'm going to be put through a table. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. We're going to have to get him out of here on a uh, on the backboard, man. But, uh, yeah, thank you again for everybody who helped make this possible. We had a really, really good time for our first ever watch party. And, again, uh, maybe we'll plan something like this soon. Had a lot of good conversations today with a lot of great people. We are also back to our regular schedule, by the way. So uh, if you guys want to jump in early on the Cannon Fire Mailbag Show, which is going to be happening on Wednesday, I believe, uh, go ahead and send us an email, cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. We'll probably put up some social media stuff so you can follow us over there. And then uh, follow myself on social media, Instagram and Twitter. All of those are Canon, or I'm sorry, it's Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-S. I'm a little tired. I'm a, I'm a little out of it. But uh, if you follow me at Redicus, I will follow you back. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our special guest, James Hill. From our friends at Berry House Beer Company in beautiful Ybor City, thank you once again. And uh, shout out again to our guys at the Wingbox Food Truck. Really was delicious. Thank you to everybody who came out today. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.